2: Welcome to it. It's a road show Friday. Hail Bar City Radio at the Single Barrel. Here inside the Graduate, you want great steaks, you want amazing whiskey, and uh, you're in town for the game or thinking about doing so in the near future. We invite you down to the Single Barrel, our home, home football Fridays. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal on site, Connor Clark back at our ESPN studios. And we're presented by your friends at Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Numbers to get in today can join us ahead of Nebraska and Georgia Southern. 466 37 825-5865. Somebody picked the unders last night. I'm in the best steakhouse in the world <laughs> oh, no. to collect that steak and a beer bet. Sent a text to Elijah Herbel last night, Connor. I was like, <laughs> just in capital letters, unders. And our old man Josh, Josh Allen uh, came through. Well, you talked me out of taking the Rams. You talked me out of the overs. And, brother, uh, I'm just going to listen to what you want. Go the other way. And 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 keep collecting t-bones.
3: Big problem last night was is everything was in place. Turnovers. Everything was in, <laughs> everything was in place for the overs to hit. All the Rams had to do was punch in one of their what four takeaways. Like you can have four takeaways and only end up scoring ten points in the game. You can't do it. Like it, it's it was a bad performance from the Rams last night, and that's how football goes. That's why I'm not a betting man. Is because things like this happen where. Everything's in place for the Rams. Short fields, they're getting takeaways for uh, for the overs to hit, and that's all they had to do. But on the bright side, at least Josh Allen put up a, a big fantasy performance for me. On the other side, my opponent had Cooper Cup, so it's uh, kind of a wash. They both had big games, uh, but hey, I'll, I'll take 34 points from Josh Allen in, in my fantasy league. That's that's a good start to the year for me.
2: Will it be a good start for Nebraska football? That has been the trend out of the gate, quarter one, out of the third quarter. That middle part, can it happen? It's been an interesting week, Elijah uh and Connor. We'll start off with just the, the accumulation of this locker room, the, the practice field, the opponent, and you know, the, the 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 intensity that is a reality around this football program. Husker, all time great. He's got an award named after him the best center in football because he was uh dave remington uh, will be with us here in about 15 minutes we'll spend time with bill dolman on site the pride of fairberry nbc sports the professor will sit down he has better hair than the uh, late great john clayton and uh in hour two cedric golden uh, will get his thoughts on casey thompson his performance so far cedric covered casey down at texas We'll also get Cedric's take on Bama rolling in to do naughty things to Bevo, as in throw him (laughs) on the grill. But, guys, Nebraska front and center on our mind. And do you think this team can come out and play, dare I say, loose? I think they're inspired. I think they want to do well not only for themselves, but they really want to do well for their head football coach and their position coaches, guys that have recruited them, or guys that have maybe unlocked uh, some different football knowledge that are new coaches for them. Uh, coach Kaz nailed it and said they, they were a tight football team uh, right. against Northwestern. They were a tight football team uh, against North Dakota last week. That's it, it, It's oversimplified, guys, but to me that's real big. Can they come out, take a deep breath, just go do their job. Next week, listen. Next week it's house money. You're the underdog. Next week is let it rip. This week, can you just come out and um, and manage? Can you shut out all the noise? Whether or not it's affected you, it's had to have because of your performance, and you can't play tight.
3: And to me, it shouldn't be a battle of can Nebraska and win this football game. And I'm sure saying this right now is gonna is gonna bite me. Uh, later, but (laughs) you really should for this Husker football team. It should be come out do your job and see if you can cover the spread. Now, I'm sure there's no one in the locker room talking about the spread or what's going on. We pray not. (laughs) 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 But but that's what it should look like. It should be a team that if you can go out and you can do your job, I don't think a a three-score win is entirely out of the question just based on how you out-athlete Georgia Southern. It's about going out there and showing that, yeah, something did change at halftime of that North Dakota game and, and something clicked for this football team where you realized, you know what, it's all about all 11 guys on the football field doing their job, doing their 111th of what needs to happen for a play to be successful and can everyone, uh, especially on the defensive side, not try to do too much and offensively, uh, it's that same thing can you do your job, if you're uh, an offensive lineman, can you clear a running lane against uh, a defensive line that really you should be able to open up running lanes against as a wide receiver, can you go burn a cornerback on a route like you should the four-star former athlete Uh, that went to Texas or LSU or wherever you went, can you go out and do that? And if Nebraska can do that, it it should be somewhere in that 14 to 21, maybe 24-point victory for Nebraska. If you can just go out there and do your job.
2: Goddard, it it sounds simple enough, right, doing your job. But it's been easier said than done. Nebraska's done their job. They've made some plays. They did so last week. They created a key momentum shifting turnover the strip sack by your leader Garrett Nelson your Florida State import is as good as advertised and and Grant ripped off a run and 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 you found some footing You, you ripped off 21 consecutive points and and you made it look like it needed to look like the final 14 minutes but I think that 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 freedom is is very key and uh they've been a work in progress but they they just can't be scared
4: Yeah, they can't be scared. They have to play loose. But at the same time, I feel like there has to be some sort of sense of urgency in that first half as well Mm -hmm. because this is a game where, as Elijah mentioned, this is a game where you should be able to cover that, that, what, 23.5-point spread now. And this is just my personal opinion. I think this game needs to be pretty much not left in doubt at halftime. I think that Nebraska needs to come out loading on the offensive end. They need to come out firing. And they need to really draw a line in the sand and say, okay, we know we can do this. And if they can do that, I think that the playing loose and the freedom will come as a result of that. But again, I think there's a little bit of a sense of urgency, especially in that first two quarters for Nebraska to really come out, put put their put their foot on their throat, draw that line in the sand, and, and say, hey, we're here, and, and we're not going to mess around anymore. Also, this is really like the first normal week of the year as well if you if you don't want to count last week, which I think uh, the jet lag and all of that is, is a legitimate thing. Um, so this is the first normal week that this team really gets, and I think that's going to be very important.
3: And Husker Nation just wants to let out a collective sigh at the start of the fourth quarter if they can see backups coming into the game at the start of the fourth I think that's what uh, the maybe not expectation is for Husker Nation, but that's where you'd feel good about this game is if you can start the fourth quarter and coming into the game is Chubba Purdy or Logan Smothers behind a backup offensive line. If Nebraska can do that tomorrow, I, I think uh, Husker Nation will be satisfied. But I do like this comment that we got in from Brennan on our Facebook stream. And again, you can check us out on the live stream, ESPN Lincoln's Facebook, ESPN Lincoln on Twitter. And Brennan saying playing loose means not being scared to lose. I I do like that, Schmitty. and. Uh, there was some of that, and during the first half last week, it seemed like this team was not playing to win; they were playing to not lose.
2: Well, the the urgency part is very true, but there's the balance between having that urgency, trying too hard, and then what if what if we make a mistake? What if we fail? And you go in tight at half. Uh, talking to a couple of folks, the 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 mood and and mindset at, at halftime you, you can go one of two ways, right? You can. Be angry, fire up the troops, come out, and rock and roll, or you uh can can let it fester a bit and last week was an opportunity for some of those leaders in the locker room guys you hear that that have embraced that role there was an opportunity to step up in that locker room last weekend, and I don't know how vocal it was okay and and that's that's a problem now, not piling on, but if you're Garrett Nelson. That 's your job, and the way you played in the first half you're um, you 're not going to start rattling cages because you probably aren 't real happy with how you played so, so I get not wanting to be hypocritical, but he's the voice he 's one of the voices, and uh if if history repeats itself, where Nebraska's sluggish or struggling, then then somebody needs to step forward and and figure it out. Now it, it all worked out uh Nebraska has a chance to to grow and get better and Nebraska fans right now they're about over this. Mm. They're about over the last 4 plus years uh but there's there's not a door that's been shut by everyone. There's not a door that's locked uh or the or the old uh, good old uh hotel room chain has not been been uh, latched yet. But you need to to figure out a way to to look Dominant to look big 10 and to look put together the chemistry and gelling part, man. That's a big problem with this football team. Not that they're at each other's throat, it's just that there's not familiarity and they haven't played together. That's we got to see that step, fellas, where guys that are new to the program know what their job is, their role is, and can go execute.
3: Well, not even guys that are new to the program, there's an offensive line. All these guys have been Fair. around the program, and I haven't seen an offensive line that's come together and gelled through the first two weeks of the season. And I don't know two weeks of the season isn't all that deep into the season but it is it is at a point after fall camp where you should be playing as one unit and you should be opening up running lanes against the likes of North Dakota and Georgia so then no offense to those two teams but that's just the simple fact of the matter with you look at Nebraska's recruiting classes what type of athletes they have here that that group needs to gel uh, you need to have the gelling between Casey Thompson and your receivers it was talked about how much these guys were out throwing this offseason trying to build that chemistry well it's Prove that there was chemistry built this offseason, that you can go out against Georgia Southern and get that done. Uh, Because, simple fact of the matter is, you have about two weeks to change the narrative uh, of the last four years uh, if you're Scott Frost and his staff. Two weeks. Georgia Southern and Oklahoma. That's about as long as you have to change the narrative. If the narrative is not changed by the end of the game, say 3 o'clock next Saturday after Nebraska plays Oklahoma... I mean, I don't want to say it's done for Scott Frost. But you, still it's- have
2: in, you still have Indiana, and, and Elijah and Connor, I think 3-1 September was the goal. Mm-hmm. I don't know that you get there. I think if you come out of September at 3-2, and two, how did Oklahoma look? What was Indiana like? What's tomorrow look like? I think that's all part of the conversation, part of the consideration.
3: But you're, you're teetering, is all I'll say. You'll te- you're teetering if you haven't changed that narrative around what your staff is by the end of Oklahoma week, where you're, you're really riding a razor's edge uh, in terms of, I mean, we talked about hot seat all summer long. The hot seat is very hot right now, and if that narrative is not changed by the end of next week, I, I can't say that Scott Frost is going to have his job past the, the Indiana game just because we've seen what the last four years looks like, and so far, the first two weeks of this season, this season has not looked much different.
2: Connor, that, that narrative is, is thick, and I, I don't know that it's not heard, but it may be ignored. Guys may be mature enough to just kind of focus on their job because there's a whole boatload of things to do on the to-do list.
4: Well, I want to go back to what you had to say about vocal leadership as well, and we talked about Craneck with this uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday morning and the difference between what Northwestern looked like going into the fourth quarter and what Nebraska looked like going into the fourth quarter right and i saw a little bit of the same of that against north dakota it's a 7-7 ball game now granted it wasn't 7-7 until the final 30 seconds of the half but still you're only up a score against an fcs opponent and the juice of the sideline was just kind of non-existent and i think that's got to start with frost speaking up and saying hey come on like we got to we got to get something going here because I, I i really don't like that low energy that we've seen from this team and not just this year but in past years when things maybe aren't bouncing their way and they're struggling with a lesser opponent and I think that needs to start at the top and I mean you go back to what Elijah was saying and three and two is probably the goal out of September I think four and two if you could get there would be great but uh, again you have two weeks to really change the narrative of, of, of the last four years and if you can't get it done, there's there's going to be a lot of questions and probably an open seat available at at the head coach position.
3: because yeah, if you're through the first four weeks of your fifth season, and that narrative still looks the same as it's looked the past three to four years, it, it's in college football. It's pretty much over at that mm. point. You you'll, you'll see the writing on the wall if that narrative has not been at least started to be shifted by the end of the Oklahoma game. And I don't want to look too far ahead because Georgia Southern's the next team, and this is where that 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 reputation can start getting changed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's kind of the same conversation we had last week where you just got to go in and you got to do what's expected of you tomorrow. That's, that's the only thing you can do to start changing that narrative. Anything short of that is almost expected from Husker Nation.
2: Going to be a big, uh, big opportunity for the defensive line, okay, mm-hmm. uh, to, to get some disruption, even though it's going to be more of a quick game for what Georgia Southern wants to do. But how about the corners and safeties? I mean, you've not seen a whole – a lot of successful rotation. Uh, it's going to be uh, a monster day for for Hill for for Tommy. He's got to be locked in, and and of course Newsom's been really rock star solid. Your safeties, right? Safety's got to be on point and settled in, and you're going to need to to be able to get some rotation there. Hale Varsity Radio is on the road today here in Lincoln at the Single Barrel, the uh, just a just a phenomenal steakhouse, and. Uh, all sorts of whiskeys and beers for you to try uh, a great spot inside the graduate. So you're coming to Lincoln. Guess what? Uh, book a night at the graduate, get breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, at, uh, of course the single barrel.
3: Have you started checking out the menu for how I'm going to pay you up on the steak and a beer bet? Just yet. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, we got the,
2: uh, the, gosh, we last year, I think coach Smith and I tried to take it down, Jeff Smith. And, uh, it was the, the, the carving board, <laughs> yeah, had like three different stakes on it. A guy who can take a stake or two down, Dave Remington, is coming up. Husker, great. Uh, we're here uh, hanging out at the Single Barrel. We are presented by Currency.
3: Each year, approximately 5,000 children are diagnosed with brain cancer. Of those children, nearly 30% will not survive, and many of those that do are left with debilitating side effects for life. We're asking you to help by tuning in to the 10th annual Team Jack Foundation Radiothon presented by the Home Agency on September 29th. Become a champion for a cure for just $20 a month. Visit teamjackfoundation.org to learn more. Thank you for helping us fight for a
1: cure. And now, now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, live at the Single Barrel. We're presented by Currency. We welcome in College Football Hall of Famer, uh, the greatest to play at at Nebraska in college football. Many argue Dave Remington is with us, and he's back in town is 1982 being celebrated. Dave, I've got to pick your brain on Ireland, man. Uh, You're Mr. Uh, Photog. You do an incredible job with photography around the world. We'll get to football in a minute, but uh, we both, uh, before we jumped on here, we're just talking about the beauty of Ireland and uh, Uh just uh, the scenery. And there's a lot of spots you've captured on camera. Ireland's got to rank up there with you, doesn't it?
5: Oh, well, it's a beautiful place. I mean, it's for me, I've, I've looked seriously at living in Ireland at one time, but uh, you know, the prices have gone through the roof in mm-hmm. Dublin and that's where I was going to look at, but a uh, beautiful place, a lot of places to go. I was the last time. I, it's been about 10 years mm-hmm. since I've been there. I went to uh, Dublin and Cork. Um, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful place. It's a great place. to seemed to raise a family and it's just, it was just very nice.
2: Well, it is nice it it's great to spend time with you. How have you been what else what what have you been up to? Uh, things going well?
5: Well, I just got off the desert I was in uh, burning man for I was in the desert for seven days <laughs> and uh so I'm all sunburnt you know I got that fair English complexion and I'm out there <laughs> burning man it, it was fun. I've been in Reno for the last two days kind of recuperating and then I flew in last night uh 40th reunion for the huskers this weekend so i'll be here probably till sunday monday i gotta try to get back i got my band i'm doing a, i was doing a cross-country national park tour Ooh. and i because of this yeah i went down i was i i, I mean it was it was fantastic but because of the the uh, reunion i flew back from reno uh and i'm gonna fly uh, uh, flew to, from Reno to Omaha, and i got to fly back to Reno to continue this trip because i got to head back to the East Coast. So uh, I've got another two weeks on the road, it looks mm. like. So I probably won't be watching too many Husker games, it looks, unfortunately, but other than this Georgia Southern game mm. this week.
2: Well, hey, uh, you're in demand and you're on tour, and I love it. Dave Remington with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. So 40 years... And what do you smile about when we think of and talk about 1982, an incredible team and you're going to get to be uh, with a number of your buddies yet again yeah, and, and I, honored?
5: It's You know, it's great. What I remember is the players. Uh, I, I remember some of the uh, losses. I don't remember too many of the wins. I don't know why, but I always remember the stuff like the Penn State game. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about a 1982 team that was 12-1 and 1 and dominated throughout the year. We had a Hiccup at at uh, Penn State. Uh, you know, some say it was a a, a field that was uh, malfunction or something. I don't know, referee malfunction. We had a couple calls uh, that were just ridiculous. But uh, you know, you live and learn. You just got to keep going, man. And uh, but I'm sure the guys. It's going to be great to see everybody. Uh, Steve Dam Kroger and I were captains of that team, and then I just felt that I had to come back for this. Uh, even though I was in the middle of something, I said, this is something that is important because these guys meant so much to me back then and meant so much to the state. And we were very successful. Uh, you know, I think in, in my five years at Nebraska, I think we only lost probably six, seven games in that five years. So we, we were, we were pretty, pretty stout and, uh, to see all the guys, and uh, just to tell a few stories, and you know, kind of reminisce on what uh, what happened, and see how everybody's doing. It'll be good, you know, because these guys really, there's some really quality guys, especially an offensive line that I played with. Mm-hmm uh you know mandelko i know he's a dentist Uh, randy tice is uh doing very well i think he's in the in the financial industry uh glather you know kurt is i think he's like a superintendent or something in in the school district in lincoln so Mm -hmm. i mean all these guys were very solid uh you know of course there's felices of the world who's one of my best friends uh, you know and and uh, so I'm just I'm very really happy to see everybody and it's going to be great to see coach Osborne again mm-hmm. and uh, so it's it's going to be a wonderful time
2: Dave Remington with us here Halebar city radio the 40th anniversary in un- reunion of 1982's incredible team Dave what do you think of your class you mentioned five years and and I look at at that era and guys that you came to school with and then played with and mm-hmm. I, I look at where Nebraska was phenomenal still 10 and 2 or around that number but then the jump from I don't know top 8 top 10 top 12 to top 3 I mean that's where you guys lived as your class continued to, to move through the years what, what did your class do, it- do with Nebraska
5: we had a lot of red, we had a lot of red shirts. We had a lot of uh, Nebraska kids that came on strong in the final years of their, you know, they, they nobody from Nebraska came in looking like they're going to be a superstar, but I'm telling you what, nobody worked as hard as the Nebraska kids. Cause it meant something to us. The 70 teams, You know, that's what in my mind was like froze me as a Nebraska player or or a fan Mm -hmm. was watching Rich Glover, Jerry Tagge, you know, all those great, great players. Of course, Johnny Rogers, who can forget about him, but uh, fantastic players. And, and we fed off that. And it was like, gosh, I want to be as good as those guys and, and you know, play in a national championship or, you know, have a run at it every year. And uh, I just think that it's, a, you know, it's, it's such a different era. They've got portals. They've got Neil. They've got everything else they're fighting except football. You know, and unfortunately, that's where we're at. Uh, you know, the pendulum swings both ways. It used when I was there. If you had took a ham sandwich from the wrong guy, it could be a, you know, you could be you know disqualified for the yeah. year. Now they're now they're giving away the company to the kid, and he hasn't even stepped on the field yet. I mean, it's it's gone. It's totally ridiculous. It'll settle itself out because it has to. I mean, you this is you know, it's become pro football. I hate to say it, but it's become pro football. We just got you know, we're people are looking for ways to, to get people off the portal. Uh, you know, players are threatening to go to the portal if they don't get meal money. I mean, it's just it's a lot different game and it's gotta shake out and things will shake out. Because if it if it goes like it is, it's gonna destroy itself. Mm-hmm. There's no way this is sustainable. Uh they're gonna have to change. And and the players gotta realize that if this is not you know, this is not a deal where you you go to college to get rich playing football. You go to college to learn something so you can get rich when you're old man like me. You know, you, you gotta you, you have to put your time in. And and people are so impatient now. They're they're grabbing money and doing what they can to you know, take care of themselves. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, we're the whole uh, the fabric of college football has totally changed, and it's going to have to change back a bit. Uh, just so they can sustain this. Otherwise, it's going to destroy itself.
2: Dave Remington with us. Hail Varsity Radio, Husker. Great. Dave, you just hit on uh, an important topic, one of many, but it it is about paying dues and getting really good at what you're trying to do before... You yeah, uh, you, expe- well, you expect you expect to, to be the boss or start <laughs> that mindset. The
5: problem is the problem is that the impatience. Mm-hmm. We came in knowing as as Nebraska kids that we were going to be here four or five years. We're going to get redshirted, and we're going to grow, and we're going to work, and we're going to grow together, and you know and. and, and you know, we always had some superstar players come from different places, like Mike Rogier, Roger Craig. Those guys, they came from different places, came here, and they, you know, they excelled. Uh, the playmakers were coming out from out of state, the best players in the country. We could concentrate on those guys, but it was the backbone of the team was the Nebraska player, the red, the red shirts, the you know, the walk-ons, guys like that. That's where we need. We need to get to be, uh, you know put a fence around the state. don't let our best players go anywhere they're, we're gonna we're gonna get you one we're, we're gonna we will kneel our we will kneel the, the walk-ons that we have to to keep those people in the program because they're the ones the, the really the heart and soul of nebraska has always been the walk-on program and it's it's gone it's you know it's trying everybody's trying to bring it back but it's so tough when you've got good teams in the dakotas and mm-hmm. iowa uh, I mean there's no bad teams around. Kansas is coming on strong with you know, with with their coach with Ipole there. I mean, it's just gonna be tougher. So we gotta figure out how we can keep our Nebraska players because they have shown that they are some quality players coming out of Nebraska. A lot of them have parked themselves at Iowa City mm-hmm. and done really well there over the years. So we just gotta rethink that, get a get a, build a fence around this state, protect what we have, and then build from there.
2: Dave uh, topic with this year's team has been the lines of scrimmage and there's so many new faces. So they've got to gel, right? There's got to be trust. They got to gel and, and they've got to put some time in together. The other part of it is confidence and speak, Mm -hmm. speak to, to the development and training you went through that gave you and your mates. Well, the thing about
5: playing offensive line, you're not a playmaker you you really facilitate the playmakers, and you can't make any mistakes. If you're an offensive lineman, you're a workhorse. You are a guy who is going to. They have to count on. They can't. You you can't have two good plays and two bad plays. You gotta you gotta be consistent. And only only way you be consistent is is with confidence and with repetition. And unfortunately, guys are thrown into the field before they're really ready anymore. And they, they're the conference that gets the story because they're not ready. I mean, if I had to play as a freshman, which they, they really almost put me in a few games as a, Well, they did put me in a few games as a freshman, but I, I mean, I, I, my first game. I was out there for five plays, and I went the wrong way twice. I mean, it was just because you're you're not ready for it, to handle all the pressure. Just running out in the field against Alabama, I was like, "Oh my goodness, i never seen so many people in my life. You know I come from <laughs> South Omaha, where you got two thousand people as those, and I'm going down to birmingham and that, and the whole place. I mean, it was just filled bottles getting thrown at you. And I was like, wow, this is this is something this is like a, it, it's like a Star Wars movie. I'm just looking around just everything <laughs> but football. You know, I'm like, wow, this place is pretty cool. Look at all this stuff. Because at that time, I think they went from Tuscaloosa to Birmingham. They kind of switched off. I don't know why, but that's what they did, probably for recruiting reasons. But, yeah, we were down in Birmingham. I was like, wow, this is nuts.
2: They, how were their aims? I mean, did they hit you or were you able to put the helmet on first with the bottles that were flying? Uh, they didn't
5: hit me. <laughs> I think they've been drinking a little bit too much of that fire water. They, they, they were. <laughs> aim, aim for the middle. I, I just know Kelly, Kel, Kelly, Kelly went down and they, they go, Dave, you might be in, in a few plays. I said, a big, hard gulp. Like, Oh, shoot, here we go. Uh, but fortunately for me, cause I really was not ready. Uh, they put Jeff Bloom in, and Jeff Jeff hung in there pretty good for you know 225 pound center back. Even back then, that was real small, but he was a great long sapper. But you know,
2: Dave Remington with us. Uh, we're here at the Single Barrel Hale Varsity Roadshow Friday. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Uh, more with Dave Remington. They are celebrating 1982, 40 years, 12 and one hosed, robbed, whatever adjective. You want to throw in uh, when it comes to uh, that Penn State game, but more with uh, Husker legend Dave Remington on the way.
0: There's nothing better than enjoying some sun with a drink and hot dog in hand, taking in America's pastime. Whether you're here for the baseball or the entertainment that comes with it, Werner Park is the place to be. The Omaha Storm Chasers have a handful of home games remaining, so get your tickets before it's too late. Give yourself something to look forward to as the summer winds down. Don't miss this opportunity to make lifelong memories with family and friends. And now... And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Varsity Radio. Hill varsity Radio.
2: A few more minutes uh, with Dave Remington, Husker, all-time great. We're live here at the Single Barrel. Your hopes for this season here is Oklahoma looms as well. I can't wait for next week, but uh, this week's pretty important, too. Georgia Southern's got some dudes that are going to be coming in, and really it's a mentality and confidence topic of conversation for Saturday night. What do you think they can do this year? What do you think Nebraska can be?
5: Well, like I said, I haven't seen any plays, right. anything. I'm just going to go off the cuff and say, no more. they got to improve the line plate. It's got to be more consistent. They're going yeah. to get some experience that will come with time. But unfortunately, you know, if they've got to win now, mm-hmm. they've got to win. They, there's no, there's no, you know, a five win season. is not going to, it's, it, it's, things will change with a five win season. Right. We got to get to six wins. We got to get to a bowl game. And so we just got to start building and just have some small victories if, you know, on the line, get some, get better play, and 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 I have all the you know confidence in the world in Coach Raelo get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I you know just got to give him time. And We've got Prohaska coming off a serious knee injury. Uh, hope he's doing well. I'll keep an eye on him, and see how he's doing because he was one of the bright spots of the offensive line last year, other than Cam Jurgens, Who, you know, I, he's. It looks like he's going to be a great pro. And I thought that when I when we put him on the watch list, and people were going, "Why are you put him on the watch list?" I go this kid can play, and I knew he could. He just needs to get that snapping part done, you know, but he could be a great guard. I'm still thinking that he may be the better guard in the center, but uh, that's you know that'll come down in the future. We'll see.
2: He is killing it in Philly, and they love him. They love him oh, yeah. with what well, he's done he's, in preseason. You know, big, strong country boy. He's not... He he was he
5: was good. I mean, he would move the line of scrimmage. I would watch that. Unfortunately, you know, a few bobbled snaps and this stuff. You know, that that's the only thing worried because he had uh, the year before he had some problems with mm-hmm. his fastball getting it back to the quarterback on the shotgun. And then every time they were in short yarders goal line last year, which you need to be under center really if, unless you're trying to fool people. Yeah, because uh, you got you got to you gotta fire off and he and and doing that out of the shotgun as a center is is horrible. Yeah, but, but. uh uh he had problems with the with the uh with the snap of his quarterback underneath him, so he must got all that all taken care of, but you could see he had the tools and he might be like Nick Tinglehoff ah. who a guy who at Nebraska was a pretty good player a pretty good player and mm-hmm. then he went in the pros and he played like fourteen years because he never he was like an iron man, never got hurt mm. so
2: yeah, Tingle hunt phenomenal. Dave Remington, incredible. He's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. So, Dave, last thought here. I'm going to go to the NFL and how uh, how do you think Cincinnati follows up uh, last season? Incredible run to the Super Bowl. We talked about that and uh, they are going to try and go back for some more because, man, they, uh, they look well, potent well, on I, offense I'm again. So hap-
5: I'm so happy for Cincinnati because they've had a, you know, similar to Nebraska, they had like a 20 year drought of doing You know, because I think the last time they were pretty good was when we were there in the 80s. I mean, it was it's been a long time. And so they're coming back and uh, we'll see how they follow up. The history is not great with with Cincinnati. Once they go to a Super Bowl, usually they have a down year the following year. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I mean, I have, you know, the confidence in the the team looks really good. Mm -hmm. I mean, they look pretty stout. Uh, As long as the quarterback stays healthy, they should be pretty good.
2: Dave Remington. Dave, uh, hope to bump into you in the press box Saturday night. Best to you, and thanks for giving us a few minutes, man.
5: Thank you, Chris. Take care, everyone. We'll see it.
2: Dave Remington with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Good to spend time with Dave as they are honoring 1982. We're here at the Single Barrel, uh, just inside the Graduate. Home Football Fridays, we're here. Road Fridays, we're back at the Hale Varsity Club in La Vista, Excited uh, for that and uh, don't forget too if you're up in Omaha the Go Big Redcast is podcasting up there beginning at six. Wonderful food and drink specials just off of Giles in La Vista with the Hale Varsity Club. That is Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark in the green room the pride of Fairbury. Bill Dolman uh, will join us and uh, we'll get into the topic of well, the Boo Birds that came out, and it's NIL now, fellas, right? It's NIL. Guys are getting apartments and Jeeps and sometimes apartments and Jeeps. And <laughs> uh, You had a clap back, guys, uh, from some of the players this week. Totally get it. The criticism uh, has not been good. Players will hear that. How do you handle it's the question. Uh, Nebraska needs to handle it the uh the right way for a lot of Nebraska fans, but what's your guys' take? You're the same age, both of you, as a lot of these guys, and, and technically they're not professional, but they're they're not they're not amateurs anymore either. I think you're kind of a scumbag if you're throwing insults at kids uh, at, at any age, uh, unless it's my kid and he beaned you, uh, or you're beaned your kid. I, I would understand that. That's a little bit of a joke. But it's it's different because everyone's got radar or rabbit ears rather, and uh, you're you're hearing the noise too from the fans. You're feeling it. I would think it was more of the, the coaching than than the the play uh, before half last week, but that's something that uh, Nebraska players really haven't faced a lot in their time.
3: Well, that, that's a part of coming to Nebraska, though. I mean, with the NIL era, I think it opens up this a little bit more right or wrong simply for the fact that. You came to Nebraska t- to be on a stage, to be somebody who could get these NIL opportunities. And while I'm, I'm not a fan of people hopping on Twitter and, and calling guys out by name and saying this guy's terrible. A lot of terrible. film
2: experts that are going off on
3: the OL the last three days. But at the same time, if you have a, a legitimate gripe with how a guy is playing, I mean, that's, this is what the NIL era has become. Where, as you said, you're not a professional, but you're not an amateur anymore either. Uh, so... The the, the hate out of nowhere, the the hate for no reason, that I I can't stand. But if you have a a legitimate gripe with a player or a position group and and you want to hop on Twitter and talk about it, I mean, Nebraska fans are are the biggest stakeholder in the football program. There would be no football program without Husker fans, and uh, you wouldn't be getting these top 25 type recruiting classes without the fan base of Nebraska and and without the NIL, which is the new era of college football. So Mm -hmm. there's a weird middle ground there where you're, you can't be as critical as you can be with an NFL player, in my opinion, but you're moving closer and closer that direction. I don't want to say it depends on how much NIL money you make, but these players. Kinda. Came, but but these players came to Nebraska for a reason. They came to Nebraska to be somewhere where you could get attention and you could be on the big stage. So you've almost opened yourself up for criticism simply by coming to Nebraska.
2: Connor, it's a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and uh, e too, Elijah, where, you know what, you, you love the passion, you love the fan base, uh, you love the support, but. You don't want to get a reputation either, Connor, of that fan base that's going to annihilate um, uh, an incoming prospect.
4: Yeah, I, it takes a lot for me personally to boo at a team that I root for and that I like, and uh, Twitter's one thing because you know people can go on Twitter and say all they want all day long, and, and that's something that you can block out as a player too. You don't have to look at Twitter, right? I'm not a huge fan of the booing, and I think you bring up a good point with the reputation thing. Because obviously Nebraska is known for the brand, for the fan base, for the sellout streak, etc. But you don't want to put that negative connotation on the fan base. I get it. The results have not been where they need to be. And I think the boos were mainly directed at coaching staff, which I understand. Two but timeouts, yes. For, for, for me, it takes a lot for me to boo at the team I'm rooting for, especially the school that I go to. Um, so for me, I'm not a huge fan of it. The Twitter thing is different because you can just block that out pretty easily. Uh, But overall, I'm not a huge fan.
3: And and you know what? People have complained about the booing from the fans, but I kind of go in an opposite direction. It's easy to to be the fan base that doesn't boo, and you call yourself the greatest fans in college football because of that, whenever you have 40 years of dominance.
2: Booing is caring. Exactly. Booing is, (laughs) in, in, in today's
3: sense, yes, booing is caring. And booing is saying, you know what? To take me and my family to this game, it now costs me... $200, $300 Two, $300 I'm, I'm paying to the university, and if, if it's not a product on the field that I appreciate and that I want to go see, this is how I voice my displeasure, and I, I don't like the Boeing, but it can be warranted.
2: Well, you should have hammered the, the 30 and a half point spread, too, and, and <laughs> offset <laughs> yeah. that that family financial cost. That's uh, Elijah Herbal, Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, Hale Varsity, winding down Hour One. We're here at the Single Barrel, and we are presented by Currency.
1: And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow
2: Friday. We're here at the Single Barrel and uh, incredible steaks. Over 200 whiskeys to choose from. You may need some before the game tomorrow. You might need some after the game tomorrow. And uh, we invite you down inside the graduate. Uh, some emails to get to on the whole topic of booing yay or nay when it comes to You as a Nebraska fan, are you in a different mind frame because of the NIL era? Pete's with us as he's dialed us up. Pete, go ahead.
6: How are you doing today?
2: We're good, man. We're uh, smelling great steaks. Uh, There are Mm -hmm. worse places to be.
6: Well, I guess I wouldn't boo myself. Um, But the reason why people boo is, you know, everything we've been told for four years, we've done the opposite. We're going to be a physical running team, and and we're going to get back to the old Nebraska ways, and our line was going to be like the old Nebraska lines, and we put up with special teams for four years that was horrific. It boils down to what we've been told for the last four-plus years, what we see on the field is the opposite. And over time, frustration builds up. And the only voice they have is to boo or not come to the game. And people are kind of tired of it because they don't see any change on the field. And and that's the way they can express themselves to have some impact, I believe.
2: Pete, good take, man. Appreciate the phone call. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the fan base is not abandoned coming yet. There's still some seats just for you, a Nebraska fan for Indiana. You know, you, and Oklahoma is going to be elbow to elbow because it is boomer. And then you've got a lot of question marks, Pete. Good stuff. Thanks for the phone call. Kent emailed in Chris at HailVarsity.com. Phone lines to get in touch with us again at four six six three seven seven six or eight hundred eight two five five eight six five. Kent emails and says, "So is a seven and seven, so so a seven and seven game at, at Nebraska at half versus an FCS team is non-boowable. Uh it is a hundred percent booable, and." You know, there's just some decisions that went into that, i.e. the timeouts. You, you touched on that in the reaction show last weekend. But, yeah, people are, are sick and tired of being sick and tired. They're, they're fed up. They're frustrated. And they want to see physical dominance. They want to see clean football. You've seen a little bit more clean football, but there's been some turnovers still. So let's see if, if Nebraska snaps out of it. Through another week of practice, and how many
3: times can you remember, Schmitty? That the home fans booing Nebraska. I think of Oklahoma State in 2006, maybe.
2: Uh, yeah, it was 2007, and, Gundy and it was 38 nothing at halftime. Yep, I remember
3: that one distinctly. And, and that
2: got uh, the Smiley Jones popped. So that the 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 uh, silver lining was Steve Peterson was removed shortly after that. I think that Nebraska the Nebraska then, Ohio State game circa
3: 2017.
2: 2017. Yeah, because you know. The team wanted to turn around and run back into the tunnel, mm-hmm. but the gates were locked.
3: <laughs> that, was, the, that was the year Ohio State, had, it was like their second straight year without punting against well, and, Nebraska. No,
2: it was, and then and old Joe Burrow got in for three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And The, other, the, like, the first time I heard him booing like, was uh, towards Scott Frost. Mm-hmm. They booed the, uh, the heck out of the guy against Central Florida at, uh, at halftime. We are presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, Connor Clark. We have Bill Dolman, the pride of Fairbury NBC Sports. The professor is on deck. Uh, Scott is in. He has caught all the fish in Minnesota, and now he's drinking all the rumplements here at Single Barrel. That's a bold choice for, for 4.50 p.m., I will it's, say. That's a great choice. <laughs> he can have it. <laughs> Dolman on the way. Cedric Golden, his thoughts on Casey Thompson, And uh, of course, the matchup with Bama, Texas, next hour. It's Hail Varsity here at the single barrel. 10- dollars off a full year of hail varsity that's hailvarsity.com
1: backslash subscribe promo code
2: gbr Back with you. at hour two. It's Hale Varsity on the road. It's single barrel. We're getting geared up for Nebraska, Georgia Southern. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, the Pratt of Fairberry, the Professor Bill Dolman <laughs> is, uh, is, well, he's commandeered the computer as uh, we are presented by your friends at Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Numbers to get in, 466 Eight two five five eight six five. Get email Chris at HaleVarsity.com.
7: Billy Dia, I mean, I like the shirt, man. This is good. I made it in a shop class. Of course, you did. It's one of the things that you know I'm teaching over at the university is uh, textiles. Okay. <laughs>
6: yeah.
2: Uh, and what 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 well, what type of uh, Nebraska textiles? My favorite Nebraska textile shop, but there's nil money to be had in textiles,
6: <laughs>
7: <laughs> isn't there? By the way, should I should I um. Yeah, you know, mess up with the illusion here that I'm actually no, over this way. No, you just didn't three, want to sit that close yeah, to me. You told guys these, in a camera shot might be a, a camera shop might be uncomfortable. That's a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what are you looking at me like that,
2: that for?
8: Is
7: that a movie? It could be. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Connor Connor's like, what do you, what okay, Connor's hollering at me.
8: Oh, we got Tim on the line. Tim,
2: I miss Tim. Tim's going to talk about my wife and Rolexes. So, uh, I think so. Tim, welcome in to Hale Barson.
8: Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, you know, I, I, I understand why some of the fans um, may feel they, they have the right to boo. Um, you know, for years, I've, I've kind of been wondering where this football program has been going. Um, I think it was because initially when we hired Scott, we thought we were going to see a change. I think that we thought right off the bat, we'll get to a bowl game. And then we thought by this time we would be competing, you know, most likely not only for just our division title, but, but also for possibly a conference title. We're obviously not there yet. Um, but, you know, the, the one thing I've always wondered about Nebraska fans, and you guys can kind of answer this question, um, w- where do we draw the line as far as are we diehard fans or are we just – are, are we over, over the line? You know, um, down in the SEC, guys, I, I, I think what you're what seeing from, from Nebraska fans would probably fit in there. And maybe as Nebraska fans, we, we try to hold ourselves to, to, a, to a higher class of standard, and we don't want to see our fans do that. Um, we all want this to work. Um, this this, this puzzle is going to play itself out um, one way or another. Um, I, I really want Scott to succeed Um, But but answer that question, guys. Where do you think draws the line? Um, I'm curious. Thanks, guys.
2: Tim, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for listening. Listen, I I think it's it's hard to broad brush it and say you're evil and horrible if you do X, Y, and Z, but it's individualistic. As a collective, I think Nebraska fans are amazingly classy. I think they're patient. But I think what allows Nebraska fans, I don't want to say a pass, But what allows Nebraska fans uh, a little bit more leeway with reaction, specifically negative reaction, is because of the knowledge of the investment. And they know what good or bad football looks like. They know what a soft defensive line or offensive line looks like. They know what uh, a bulletproof interior looks like they know what effort looks like they know what intelligence looks like and they know absolutely what fabulous coaching looks like sometimes you just get beat and if you get beat by a better team it happens and uh, they're the same fans that stand up and say damn it ricky williams we're not happy with you but we're going to give you a standing o for breaking off 204 on uncle charlie that's the nebraska fan base it's the same fan base that is going to cheer a Noah Vedro if he fumbles at the four-yard line and then runs the Indiana ball player down to at least try and force him to a field goal, the effort. And that, that's the fan base. So if Nebraska fans lose it, it may be directed at a player, but overall it's directed at the experience they've been, they've been dealing with the last four to five years, and I think Tim made a good point. Listen, it's not Psychoville, Finkel's the mayor, SEC land. Nebraska's not even close to that. Is Nebraska entitled and uh, short-sighted? No, I don't think so. I think I think you've been very patient. Hell, you've been patient for 20 years. Right? You haven't won a conference title. So it's boiling. It's bubbling. And Pete kind of kicked it off with, this isn't what we were supposed to see. And I think he speaks for a lot of fans that way. But uh, there's a few that'll veer off, right? The one, two, three that'll... They'll lose it. But I don't think that was, Bill Dolman, I'm going to bring you in on this, you two, Elijah, you two, Connor. I don't think it was directed at the kids last week as much as, why the hell are you calling timeouts? And they score uh, on, on fourth and goal. It was performance related.
7: See, I was at the game and I didn't hear booing. I heard people on the stand saying, uh, we wish that we had a lead, guys. We wish you had played better, but we'll look forward to seeing you in the second half. That's what I heard. But maybe there was maybe there are people booing cause, and cause we were a little more upset than that. Because the Champions Cup can only hold so many. <laughs> Gosh darn it! I wish we weren't tied and had a lead on North Dakota. I heard people yelling that too. Now, look, it's it is 20 years of frustration. And Tim brings up a really good point. When Scott got hired in what was it, 2017 2018. and the 2018 season there was such a collective euphoria in this state because Scott's name had been on their lips for, well, 20-plus years when he played, but also as his career as a football coach started to grow and his name started to become more prominent at Oregon, and then what he did at Central Florida, people are thinking, this is the guy. We always knew it, and now he's back. And and this misery that we've been going through for the most part, some of them were successful seasons, but some of them were just – angst ridden the seasons where it just was not being done and people may not want to hear the Nebraska way. Wasn't playing well. There wasn't a lot of character. There was just, it just seemed so disjointed and it seemed like this was going to be the moment that things were going to turn around and yes, got some some things with some bravado, but this is going to be the moment things turn around and then it didn't happen. And then the loss at Colorado, you know, the Colorado loss in, in his second game. It Both just, of them. It, right. But it was like, I always wonder what would have happened if they had gotten to play that game against Akron, just gotten that game out of the way, gotten a win, had feel-good momentum, going into Colorado, played. They were so jacked, so sky high. They made some bad mistakes in that game, and they lose it. And it's, it's been stumbling down the road ever since then, right? So, I agree. Yeah, Nebraska fans were expecting something quicker. We still expect it to turn around. We have hopes that it will turn around. But 7-7 against North Dakota, people were just frustrated. I don't think it was directed at any one player in particular. I think it was collective. This is just not acceptable. I brought up the game, and you mentioned it a moment ago. When Nebraska played Texas here and had won 40-some games in a row, and what was that, 2099? 1998. 1998. Great game. Texas was better. 27-24 at night. Down Nebraska team, but a, but,
2: a, but, a, right. but a tough Nebraska a team. A tough team a year but away, and Nebraska a better team. Texas
7: team. Nebraska played well. People thought that was a great football game. We came up short against a rival, and people thought, you know what? That's Nebraska kind of football. And I remember a game, what was it, Southern Miss or somebody who won 7-3 to three in the Callahan era or whatever it was. And people were like, this, this is awful. They lost to Southern Miss. But, they, but there was a game that they won. It was like 7-3. to three. Pitt. Pitt, you're right. And people are like, this is not the way you play. It was a win. <laughs> but people recognize that they know mm-hmm. effort and they're with you with good effort, win or lose. I honestly believe that. And, and, and simply put.
3: I think Husker fans just know what the, the Nebraska standard is. They they want a team that represents the values of this state. Hardworking, they do things the right way, and at the end of the day, they win. And, and I think Husker fans can live for a couple years if they don't get the win. But I think back to the Bo Pelini years and – Bo Pliny, he, he didn't get fired because he was going 10-2. and two. He, he was getting fired because those two or three losses every single
7: year were on the biggest stage in embarrassing he ways. Got, and he got fired because he scared the hell out of the athletic director when he walked in the building.
2: Well, that too. But like, there were like, no lights on, and he had under the desk. He, he didn't embody
3: that <laughs> Nebraska standard, and I think that's why Nebraska went for that, that reactionary right. hire of Mike Riley, Nebraska nice, quote-unquote. It didn't embody the state.
2: Grandpa Warthers. But,
3: but, but <laughs> I, I, I look at the, the program here with, with Nebraska under Scott Frost. Do they – represent the state of Nebraska and what Nebraska values in a football team? I don't think so, and I think that's why you hear these boos at halftime because it's these years of frustration of seeing a program that doesn't embody the Nebraska way. Physical, smart, fundamental football, they're not seeing that, and they're growing frustrated because the results that we've been promised over four or five years now are not coming to fruition.
2: Connor, uh, jump in here, brother. You're uh, you're the Chicagoan, and uh, you look at Nebraska, and uh, you've been a sports fan a long time. So there's this perception of Nebraska being what from, from your world view, sports view, mm. and, and what, what is it now that you've been here about a year and a half, two years?
7: not yeah, remember your grades depend on it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, it was, cat you're, cat you're putting there. me on the spot with a, with a co-JMC faculty member on the, on the screen. <laughs> you can't be doing that to me.
7: Did we lose Connor? No, but, we got him. Okay. He's just frozen.
2: On um, style.
4: From, from an outsider's perspective before coming here, I mean, you always knew about Nebraska, a prominent program in the 90s, and the history was you, you couldn't ignore it, right? And coming from a guy who grew up watching Northwestern football, it was like Northwestern, okay, their history is 95, right, in the Rose Bowl, and that's mm-hmm. about it. And then they start kind of building that. But you always knew about Nebraska, and then coming here – I I thought I knew about Nebraska and Chicago and coming here and then like, whoa, like big, big difference. And obviously the standard is really, really high. And I know, Bill, you mentioned that, okay, what if if they play the Akron game in year one of Scott Frost? I have a different question to pose to you. What if they win the Colorado game in 2019 when they had the 17-point lead? Do you think much changes there? Big time.
7: Yeah, I I think if there's some wins like that, the first game, the second game, uh, some key moments in this stretch of, what, uh, seven losses by one score, even if you win two or three of those, I think there's a different vibe in terms of what's been going on in the program. Beating Colorado, rival or not, 17-point lead, yeah, I think that was probably a turning point for the worse uh, when it happened. And some games they just don't recover from. Uh, last year, I don't think they recovered from the loss against Michigan State no. because of the way they lost it. And then you got you know questions and confidence about what, what, what happened. Why did we do that? Um, so I think that you can look at games here and there, not the 30 losses in totality, but a few here, a few there that have had detrimental uh, effects on this football team and its mentality and its ability to win and its belief that it, It can win. And so, yeah, that would probably be one of those games that I would circle and say, if only, if only, things would probably be a little bit different. Let me say this, though. It may be just one stat in one game, but I think the 189 yards that Anthony Grant put up in the North Dakota game, and I know it's North Dakota, but for Husker fans of certain generations, when you see a Nebraska running back – Getting that amount of carries and that amount of yards, it harkens you back to the thrilling days of yesteryear where you just remember those games where you had somebody who was going to rush for 150, 180, 254. And it, it, I think it gave people Hope. a memory of the past that they can kind of hold on to that maybe the run game could be okay this year. The other
2: thing that I think is what's wearing on Nebraska fans is the, the beyond the 7-7 seven to seven at halftime guys is judgment. And, and you're at that point in this tenure, and many of you are past it with your ruling on the head coach's judgment. And then it was, <laughs> it was a salt block in the wound with the onside kick, all right? And we get to judgment when it comes to timeouts before half, trying to get a two-minute drill going, but you, d- you didn't get off the field. I mean, it's complimentary football. But your judgment with your buddies that you brought with you from Central Florida, and I love loyalty love 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 loyalty to a point. And you get it to your extension from the Moose, you keep your guys around, you had a chance to make all of these hires that you brought in now in 2019, in 2020. And finally Treb comes in and you have a talk after the start you had last year and then finally you're forced to make a move and it could have been done and now it feels a bit too late because you've got a staff that maybe you really believe in. But man, uh, the the, um, the the timeline here goes back way too far to to, to warrant a, a sixth season.
3: And, and with this the resources and the fan support Nebraska has, I don't think it's an unreal unrealistic expectation for Husker fans to expect a top twenty coaching staff in the nation. And Nebraska had the number one coaching staff in the nation for. 20-plus years. you got the resources, man. you You, got ha- got you money have the to burn. resources to have a top-20 coaching staff. And simply put, the, the coaching staff that has been here over the past couple years has not looked top-20 in the country. It hasn't looked top-40 in the country. And I'd be hard-pressed to say it looked top-60 in the country.
7: Another point to players. I, again, I don't think Nebraska fans were directing their ire at halftime at individual players. I think you're right. Judgment comes down to it to a certain extent and maybe the whole extent. But if you're a player and you want to play at the highest level in the best atmospheres, sometimes you're going to take a little bit of heat. Mm-hmm. But that's a, it's a lot more important, I think, to play where people care, like they care at Nebraska and care throughout the week, as opposed to playing in a, in a stadium where you can hear an empty bottle of schnapps get tipped over and nobody cares. <laughs> the scream. It's nobody shows point. up. It's a very like, good what point. North, You were in Dublin. What, Northwestern had like three media there? And it was a blurb in the Tribune after the game was over? I know. know, I know where I was at. There was
2: way more than three media, but it was everyone was in the hallways because there was free booze.
7: But but you know what I'm saying is, you come to Nebraska. There's there's certain expectations that the fans are going to support you, that they're going to come out and watch you play, and they're going to respect you. And I think Nebraska fans do respect the players that they have. All
2: right, we're going to keep this conversation going. It'll morph into George. Speaking of Dublin. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Bill Dolman with the Guinness. Shocker. Uh, We're here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate. We'll keep talking Nebraska booing expectations. Where are you as a fan? As a fan, 466-3776. More here from the Single Barrel.
0: When you think of Union Omaha, what comes to mind? The high level of play, the inviting atmosphere, the amazing promotions, huh? I spoke to a former player, and when I asked for one thing that made playing for Union Omaha so special, he responded with the people, his teammates, the staff, and the fans. The super passionate, crazy, awesome fans, that is. Why am I bringing this up? Because I want to remind you that the people are just as important to the team as the team is to them. There are plenty of matches down the stretch, and we want to see you in the seats. Get your tickets now. Now, before it's too late. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow. Friday, we're here at the Single Barrel. We're presented by Currency. Are you wanting to see Nebraska, Oklahoma? Do you want to check out Husker Volleyball? How about College World Series? Or Dave Matthews that's going to be in Omaha in November where do you go for the tickets? You go to Red Zone Tickets. Real easy. They are locally owned. They are out of Omaha, and they are a 1,000% reliable for you. A local source. Local is better. Red Zone Tickets, redzonetickets.com, and a A-plus better business rating. So you want to be there. You want to be there for the College World Series come summertime. You want to be there for Nebraska football when they lock horns with Oklahoma for the first time since 2009 in Memorial Stadium. You want to go see Dave Matthews, man. Seen Dave about 15 times, and uh, can't wait to see him again. Come on, Michigan, 11 a.m. kickoff. That's all I'm saying. But uh, tickets.com is where you go. A 100% guarantee on all orders. You'll receive authentic tickets and experiences you'll never forget. And that's what it's all about, man, is the experience with mom, dad, brother, son, daughter, it's uh, so important, and live events make it the best when it comes to that bucket list and creating memories that last a lifetime. Visit RedZoneTickets.com today. RedZoneTickets.com uh, out of Omaha. Go see them today. And, and, and a quick personal story here. Just to
3: a quick personal note. I know that feeling of buying a, a ticket from a, a weird site that you've never heard of before. You don't trust me. It. it says, well, we 100% refund it if you get non-authentic tickets, and I go, I don't want a refund. I want authentic tickets, and uh, these are promised to be authentic tickets. because They're, they're I, great folks. I, I was nervous walking in that Oklahoma game last year because everyone else had tickets that didn't look like mine with the QR codes, and I went, okay, I'm nervous here. And I, luckily, I got in, but I know that feeling of standing in line being like, Man, I hope these tickets are real because uh, I plan this trip down to Oklahoma and I don't want to get in. I bought
2: my, my Notre Dame tickets in South Bend from some dirty hippie in a Grateful <laughs> Dead shirt. and they said Regent on us. like, I hope they work. They did, but I was really unsure. But, yeah, that, that feeling is just, it's the worst. That
7: was a Notre Dame Regent? They ended up being, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I don't know. But, but they, were, they were
2: the Regent section of, of uh, Touchdown Jesus. So we saw Crouch run in right in front of us. Oh, so. Nice. Well, I
7: need a couple of volleyball tickets, so I'm to have to test them out.
2: Yeah, uh, redzonedickets.com. You got an email from uh, from Ben. Go ahead and uh, chime in on that for me.
4: It was was from Pete. He called in over the break, and he also wanted to mention about the comments about no one-on-one tackling drills being held in practice and the product being seen on the field. And, you know, the comments from the coaching staff is that they, they would feel bad if, A player obviously got hurt in the drill, which is a fair point, as Pete said. But he he says that the fan base could be upset about a comment such as that because you're seeing a lot of missed tackles in the game.
7: Okay, I got a problem with this. Hmm? We don't have one-on-ones or whatever tackling other people in practice, but does that mean that somebody can't get hurt if they get, get hit by a number two or a number three or a scout team player? or did not LSU lose its number one defensive tackle the other night against Florida State John when he Grammatica. hopped over a guy on the field and blows out his ACL. I get so tired when I hear, and this is not an indictment of the Nebraska coaching staff, but you hear this all around, that we're not going to have one-on-ones in practice because, well, we don't want anybody to get hurt. Okay, so that's saying that your backup guys aren't tough enough to hurt your quarterback. Or anybody else that they might hit in practice oh. it, it doesn't make any sense it's football you have a chance to get hurt duriel harris in the, in the for the miami dolphins about 40 years ago spikes a ball in the end zone and blows out his acl all right it happens people get hurt in football in a variety of ways but if the number one's aren't going to go against each other and have full-on, full contact in practice because they're afraid somebody's going to get hurt. So we're just going to have them go against the twos. Does that mean your twos aren't very good and they hit like powder puffs? Y-
2: yes. It, it, it means your, Golly. It, it means your twos are, are way slower <laughs> than your ones, and it translates to game speed of, oh, crap, uh, we can't catch up with the Northwestern. Okay, or, so you're telling oh, your no, number twos,
7: what... you're telling your number twos or your number threes or your backup guys, Ernest Hausman, okay, Second career game is starting for Nebraska. His first game was in Dublin as a backup. But let's say he's not going full speed in practice or doesn't hit very hard because he doesn't want to hurt anybody. But Ernie, you're starting this week, okay? you got to go smack Bird around. You can't just... I, it's full speed or nothing to me. Friday walkthrough, I get, okay, we're going to walk it it's, through. It's, it's on page. It's but philosophy. If you tell, okay, but if you tell Ernest Hausman for the first three weeks of August, don't hit anybody that's in a, in a starting uh, spot because they might get hurt, Then what's he going to be like when he gets his chance to start in the second game of the year of his collegiate career? He's going to miss tackles.
3: Yeah. Oh, you're telling the guy, hey, I know the last time you went and tackled some guy full speed was when you were playing Lincoln North Star, but here, go out and play (laughs) Northwestern now. I'm with you on that.
7: it's it's, football. Hit. I know it's not okay. We do it. You can't do the Oklahoma drill anymore. All (laughs) right. Fine you have okay. to change the name. Okay, we can't do that, and we can't have defensive coaches with a two-by-four and a rusty nail on the end of it. <laughs> but it's Chuck. football. People are going to get hurt in a variety of ways, and if that's full-on-full, one-against-one in practice, that's just the way it is, okay? Aaron Rodgers is a commodity making $50 million a year. Don't hit him on Thursday. Fine. But if you don't have contact in practice in August and September – You're going to have sloppy play, missed tackles from now until the first part of October. It's just going to be symptomatic. But to say that nobody's going to get hurt in practice, well, then you just got a bunch of candy asses on the second team, all right? That just does not make sense that you can't hit. It goes back, fellas, it goes back
2: to the bigger picture of why you're booing. It goes back to the bigger picture of why you're losing one-score games. It goes back to the bigger picture of Northwestern lining up and going Nebraska on you comes back to development and conditioning. And, and, it, and, it, and it comes down to are you either bringing in kids that can come in and play right away at a high level, or do you got to develop? Nebraska's always had to develop with a few exceptions, and, and that's been an issue, and that's been an ongoing issue post-Bow. Quite frankly, it's, it's the development phase.
3: And with all this conversation, I do wonder, is this a coaching staff that is – so untrustworthy of their backups and of their depth that they're unwilling to go out and get guys hurt in this sense? Is that where the issue stems from? Or is it, you know, the NFL, I mean, that's what we heard about the Mike Riley years was, well, it's more of an NFL-type practice. Well, NFL players have earned the right to go 75% You're professional. You can't make
2: a tackle, you get cut, right?
3: Exactly. You've earned the right by making it to the NFL to get those 75% practices before you turn around and play on Sunday. But in college, you need that development. And, I mean, have we seen development? I think... Off the top of my head, sort only, of. only a couple positions where we really see development. The tight end position is one where we've seen great development over the past couple years. Uh, the secondary, I, I think we've seen good development over the past couple of years. But outside of that, I haven't seen real great development at any of the positions. Offensive line, definitely not. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers, definitely not. Running back, obviously not because everyone leaves. your number one guy is, is a Juco transfer who's been in here for six months now. Uh, defensive line, you saw development but now you have a, a whole new group of guys in this year i haven't seen much development of those guys the development has been lacking throughout the entirety of the husker football program and that uh not an indictment of the players i think it's an indictment of, of how they're training these guys because mm-hmm. we've seen them make strides in the way you may come out they're the all bus team they look like they should be a great football team but they're not great football players
2: the one guy that has been recruited by the frost era that that has been developed has been garrett nelson most of, most of the other guys were inherited from the Riley era or recruited during the Riley era and were, were very well developed by, by the coaching staff, the, the super seniors last year, JoJo and Stilly and, and some of those guys. I think Reimers is an example. Reimers is another guy that's, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, and, and then Austin Allen, but Austin again was a Riley recruit. So it, it's... it's It's tough, but Nebraska needs to figure it out because everyone else in the Big Ten has. They they look, you do the eyeball test, fellas, they they look right now as the softest softest offensive and defensive line. We've seen Indiana on TV. We've seen Illinois. We've seen Northwestern. For God's sake, we've seen Michigan. We even saw Ohio State. (laughs) Ohio State roll their sleeves up and get physical, get dirty. uh, Last week to get a win against the Irish. Nebraska's got a long ways to go. It's not over. It's not that it can't be done, but it better start tomorrow about six thirty.
7: I don't want to take away your point because I've been a big Garrett Nelson fan since he put his name on the dotted line. You know that. I said he's the most said. important recruit in the Scott Frost era before he even stepped on campus to play. Was Garrett Nelson developed by a dad who was a wrestler. There is a <laughs> discipline to be an all America wrestler. And his dad certainly had it when he was at Nebraska. He's also ass-kicker tough growing out in western Nebraska. That's right. just the way you are. There's He's a homegrown Husker. That's the way you're brought up. you got to work so for some it. So it's inherent advantages. So it's, inherit, it's inherited by his family, but it's also inherent in the culture that he had out there. And he brought that with him to Lincoln. And there's a story. I don't remember who his roommate was, uh, like day one when they arrived on campus for ball camp or whatever it was. And And Garrett gets his all of his stuff moved in, and looks at his roommate and says, "Hey, you want to go work out?" It's like I just moved in. He goes, "So let's go work out." You know that's, but that's his mentality. And fortunately for Nebraska and Scott Frost and Eric Chenander, they have a guy like Garrett Nelson to be a team captain, and uh, and he has been worth every bit of ink that he put on the dotted line, and whatever somebody is making sure that he's doing quite well with NIL.
2: Email in from Greg. You can email Chris at hailbarcity dot or here at the single barrel. We'll get to the Friday forecast coming up. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, the pride of Fairberry, Bill Dolman here. Vic also weighing in. We'll get some of his comments in a moment. But uh Greg says I'm fine with booing players for the Big Bucks people. Who pay to see the game? Like Elijah said, this year already feels like Riley's last year, mm-hmm. and uh, dead man walking is. You just don't have a lot of faith. You don't have a lot of hope, and and I'm not quite there yet because I think, I believe that that you can can get it flipped around. You can you can find a way. It's not impossible. This isn't. or well, they're not playing the 95 Huskers uh, two weeks from tomorrow. You got to get better. You got to change your ways from a practice standpoint, and and you got some players, you got some dudes. Uh, It's 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 part of it's between the years, and part of it's allowing them to just go raise hell physically uh, during the week. Clay Helton had an incredible quote during practice this week with what he does to his team to get them ready. It sounded a lot like he was a 1990s Husker talking with what it takes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, when it comes to just that physical, the, the grueling, the conditioning, and then the the battering that goes on.
7: Well, K- Clay Helton is the son of a coach. Kim Helton was uh, the head coach at the University of Houston when I was down there. I actually hosted his coach's show for a couple of years. So he knows what he's, he's a football lifer. He knows what it takes for a good team to be better, and when they have to practice hard or not. We're live here
2: at the Single Barrel. We'll get into the Friday forecast. Coming up, more thoughts on Nebraska and uh, what the Frost era has been. Hale Varsity continues.
4: Like what you hear? High quality radio and podcasts are just part
2: of what we do at Hale Varsity. I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor. I wanted to offer listeners of the Hail Varsity Radio Show podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we do, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at hailvarsity.com. Just go to hailvarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hail Varsity. That's Hailvarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a hot, preteen Swedish boy.
2: Back with you. We're here at the Single Barrel. It's Hale Varsity Radio Roadshow Friday. Home football Fridays were... Here at the single barrel inside the Graduate, down in the Haymarket. Reminder: If you're up in Omaha and you want to hit to the Hale Varsity Club, uh, do so. Great spots for you Friday before high school football. Bell West and Omaha West Side get it rocking tonight. And uh, the Go Big Redcast uh, podcasters with are going to be there at six. So stop by, see a live show, live music as well tonight at the Hale Varsity Club in Omaha. Uh, Just off Giles Road in La Vista. Great food and drink specials there. And we're going to be hunkered down in Omaha for those road Fridays. Excited for that. Vic has chimed in. Uh, Vic uh, has gone nuclear, and I love it. Vic says, (laughs) you know what? It means don't be tied at half with an (laughs) FCS team. And uh, the nickname, you are the Oracle of the Single Barrel, Bill
7: Dolman. You and Uh, your Guinness. Vic, I love being here. You know, I know the Hale Varsity Club up there. Omaha is nice, but this place—you you 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 know—I came down here a year ago and and, and did a, a couple of shows with you. And Jump I'm point. telling you, I'm telling you what, the food here—one of the top five steaks I have ever had in my life. And I grew up in the great state of Nebraska, God's country. And I'm telling you, the food here is phenomenal. They got Guinness, and they have other things that I know you like to imbibe in. So this Breakfast is a burritos, this is awesome. a great place to be, and I I'm happy to be here on a Friday.
2: Cotter, you were saying something. Goldman was, was backhanding me. Go ahead.
4: The, the breakfast burrito there, too, is oh, yeah. very, very good. My go-to choice.
3: Really? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know they had a breakfast
4: burrito.
2: Right breakfast, here. 7 a.m. every day. Wow. It is okay. money. It is money. We'll be here uh, for the weekend edition, 3 to 5 tomorrow. Huh. So we're, uh, we're all
7: set up. But uh, guys, I, think, I think we're fierce rivals uh, about that time of the day, but never mind. Your phone isn't going to work about <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of part of the family. We're just Christopher Moltisanti
2: <laughs> when, it, when it comes to the family. <laughs> All right? That's, that's about, a, about as good of a the comparison as I can give you. Uh, Christopher Moltisanti with the family. Guys, so long and short, this will lead us into the forecast it is kind of put up or shut up, and it's a a reality uh, that it is light in the sand time for Nebraska tomorrow with their performance.
3: I mean, if I'm paying $60 for parking in downtown Lincoln tomorrow, You better put up a good performance against Georgia Southern. That's as simple as that. You're not going to Georgia Southern paying $60 for parking there. You're not paying $60 for parking at North Dakota. You're paying $60 for parking around here. And I want this football team to show me there's a reason why i got to pay $60 for this primetime event parking.
2: Brother, just get up a little earlier and find a meter. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. But the um, the, the point is duly noted with uh, inflation. Uh, Nebraska football will truly let us know about whether inflation's here to stay or not (laughs) and uh, (laughs) let's get into the forecast so here's the reality Closburn again stopped at the border swallowing a balloon so he'll be with us for Oklahoma week and that'll be okay Uh, so Bill Dolman gonna step in uh, for part of the forecast and uh, Connor will get you geared up Elijah get ready and uh, we'll start off with uh, Nebraska and uh, where they're thinking here. The line for the Big Red is tw- 23 and a half over under. Is that right? Okay. Uh, 23 and a half over under. We'll get there in a minute. Tennessee minus six against Pitt. I found my, my sheet. Thank God. Tennessee minus six versus Pitt. Connor, where you at here? You buying Pitt or do you like uh, Rocky Top?
4: I think Tennessee covers. I think they win by a touchdown. I'm going to go 35-28. I think Rocky Top wins.
2: Okay, Elijah, where are we at?
4: It's hard to say. Tennessee's a team that played, I think,
3: Ball State last week, and, yeah, they beat them pretty good, but I'm not fully sold on Tennessee yet. So I will take Tennessee to win because Vegas is pretty good about that. But I'm going to have this close game, 35-31. Tennessee gets the win, but no cover.
2: You know, I I am going to go with Tennessee as well, and why I'm going there is just – as much respective as, as I have for Pitt and what they've done, Narduzzi's a, a crybaby. Mm. I really want him to get housed. I mean, just, just get crushed and shut up, dude. You're a your 10-win <laughs> team. You should be happy. But it's always someone else's fault. It will it will be your defense's fault tomorrow. Give me Tennessee 35 and uh, Pitt 28, a, a narrow cover for Tennessee. Florida looked great. Great uh, opportunistic defense, but more so their quarterback. Incredible as uh, the Gators minus six and a half. Kentucky comes in under the Stoops uh, ranked 20th. uh, Your only really great ranked game tomorrow uh, because there's a little shakeup with BYU and, and Baylor's wideouts. I like Florida to keep on rolling. I think that six and a half's a little high. I think Florida won't be flat or won't disrespect Kentucky. But I do think uh, it's a serious issue with just trying to bounce back and play two really good opponents consecutively give me Florida to hang on 31 to uh, 28 over Kentucky, Elijah
3: uh, I'm with you on the fact that I mean the Swamp is a tough place to go play I'm not 100% sold on this Florida team yet if I was a betting man I would stay the hell away from this one uh, but I will take Florida to win and 6.5 and sounds close so I'll give Florida a 6 point win 34 to 28 the Gators get it done.
4: Connor what do you got? The Swamp is a tough place to play, as Elijah just mentioned. I think this is going to be a close game. I don't know if there's going to be a hangover from Florida for winning that first game of the year against Utah. I have them winning by a field goal. I think Florida gets it done 27-24.
2: I skipped the pride of Fairbury, Tennessee, Pitt, Kentucky, Florida. What do you got?
7: I like Mark Whipple's offense and Kenny Pickett and uh, Jordan (laughs) Madison. I think that uh, Pitt's got it going on. No, I'm with you. I'm a little tired of Pat Narduzzi, and I think Tennessee uh, being an SEC team probably has a lot of pride on the line. I like uh, I like Tennessee to cover. Iowa,
2: Iowa State, the battle for the big green. Tree. Do I get to do Florida, Kentucky? going to skip me on that one? I'm sorry.
7: Go ahead. I'm jumping ahead. I'm looking at the clock. I'm not quite sure why Florida has, so, has gotten so much attention this week. I know they beat Utah who was ranked number seven, but it was week one they' got a quarterback I, I know I understand that, but it's it was like it was like oh all all my gosh they, this is the Florida's the Buffalo Bills of college football I know they, they barely eked out a win okay and Utah's pretty good nevertheless, I think Florida's going to cover over Kentucky okay uh, we're going to squeeze in Iowa Iowa state low scoring
2: give me the cyclones give me the points two and a half Iowa's favorite I like Coach Campbell getting it done. Elijah?
3: This line has moved late now to Iowa, three-and-a-half point okay. favorite, uh, which makes me think the Hawkeyes get it done. Give me 20-14 to 14 in Iowa victory.
2: How many defensive scores? One? Uh, Probably one. All right. Connor?
4: I like the Cyclones in this game. Iowa's offense is just horrible after game one. I think that the Cyclones win a really, really close game, maybe even less than a field goal. Uh, but I do think they, they cut into that, that three-and-a-half-point spread.
3: You, you guys are overreacting on Iowa's offense. They played a good South Dakota State defense. I still don't think they're a they good They didn't offense. score they're a touchdown. Wrong. But
4: you're overreacting. That's an overreaction. <laughs> they Come didn't on. score a touchdown. <laughs> they had two safeties.
2: Uh-huh.
7: Bill Dolman says what on Iowa Iowa State I think Iowa learned a lot last week on how to beat team seven to three, and I think they beat Iowa State seven to three. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> we will have the point. nebraska pick
2: Wait, is, we'll is that have a, the is Nebraska
3: touchdown,
7: though uh, it doesn 't matter how it gets done. I, seven
2: looks one way, but it could be done another. It could be done another uh, we 'll have the Nebraska thoughts. Uh, the uh, forecast continues. Bama, Texas that number is uh, also out there. We will have a take. As we wrap up our two and a Friday road show at the Single Barrel here inside the Graduate with Hale Varsity Radio.
1: Miss us?
8: Come here, brother! Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing.
1: We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at halevarsity the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio.
2: We have a woman screaming outside, and she is all sorts of Georgia George Southern happy. Clay Helton is about 15 feet from us, a really bad option pitch in the desert of Arizona once upon a time. We are presented here by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. We resume the Friday forecast here. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark, Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, the professor Bill Dolman. <laughs> Okay, there's two uh, either Baylor or BYU wideouts suspended. But you know what? This is the worst football game ever. Because Baylor doesn't drink. BYU doesn't drink. There's no
7: booze within a 500-mile radius. Of this game. So so you're saying there will not be a a franchise of the single barrel in Provo opening anytime soon?
2: They are opening the whiskey closet right now behind us here at the single barrel. I think there's a
3: personal bottle for us in there somewhere. You can keep dreaming. (laughs)
2: Uh, Minus three BYU. Uh, Baylor dogged. I don't know much about Baylor. I like BYU. I like what they built. And we talk about getting old, staying old. BYU is old. Give me the Cougs, 27 Twenty-one, the win and the cover, Elijah.
3: Dude, I don't know anything about either of these two teams, Trudy. So not just gonna make it up. Me. I haven't seen either of their games. I'm gonna make it up and I'm gonna go. Oh, BYU falling, thirty-one to twenty-one. Baylor gets it done.
2: Connor, what do you got? What's the spread on this game? Is it Baylor the underdog? They, they are. are. BYU's minus three. Yep.
4: I think Baylor. Given gets, the three, I think Baylor gets that done. I, I think Baylor okay. being the underdog is is a little absurd.
2: What happened? Any,
4: like, it's, is the fans still though.
2: screaming
7: out there? We had.
3: We, people got. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go find a
7: Okay. Bill, what do you got? I like Baylor in that game to win on the road. I think BYU is going to be way too hyped up. So I, I like Baylor winning that one 31 uh, 30.
2: We got to get to Nebraska and Georgia Southern. We'll sneak in Bama, Texas in two minutes, allegedly. Uh, Nebraska wins. They don't cover. It's better, but still not good. And Nebraska wins 38 24. What do you got?
7: Well, it has been a, a tough, fri- uh, tough week for our friends across the pond. So, in honor of the Queen, who lived to be 96 and served 70 years, Nebraska 96, Georgia Southern 70.
2: Okay, that, that's a vote of confidence for the black shirts by Bill Dolman. Covering the overs, uh, Elijah, what do you got?
3: Well, first off, I'm hearing reports of a live eagle outside on man's man. That's what's arms. screaming. I, I, I
2: think that's something. else. That it woman, the
3: man? That's what everyone was gawking at through the windows. Was there was a live eagle on a man's arm. But uh, we're talking Nebraska here, correct?
2: Nebraska needs a live chicken. Go for it. Uh, I'll take Nebraska <laughs> big.
3: With the weather tomorrow, I think that's going to mean bad things for Georgia Southern's offense. So give me Nebraska getting it done 38-10. to 10. I actually think they get a big win
4: this week. Connor, what do you got? I think the rain causes Nebraska not to cover, actually. There's going to be a lot of running the ball, but I think they win it 31-10. <laughs> to 10. Sorry, Elijah.
2: Georgia Southern goes back to the option. and <laughs> runs for five bills. Okay, uh, yay or nay? Uh, Texas, Bama, Bama cover the twenty? Yes or no?
3: Oh, big time! Forty-two to seventeen, Bama gets it done.
2: Fifty to three, Saban says no more. Uh, what do you got, Connor?
4: I think Bama covers that spread. I don't know the score, but they cover.
7: Bill. I think Nick Saban sends a fish in the Austin American Statesman to Jimbo Fisher by what he does to his former assistant, Steve Sarkeesian. I think they will cover and they will win 62-14 to 14 in Austin, and Jimbo Fisher will have a message sent to him that way. That's pretty good. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for spending time. Thanks for coming by
2: the single barrel were presented by currency hail varsity roadshow friday back here at three tomorrow come see us here ahead of kickoff nebraska georgia southern take care and we'll talk to you manana or tomorrow afternoon with hail varsity
1: a Huda media production